Little Goofy History Goblins. It's me, the editor and the host. I'm back. Oh yeah, and also, um, editing, I realized, I keep saying Vespian through the later half of this episode. It's Vespasian, I'm just stupid. Okay, have fun. Episode of the Goofy History Podcast. Your host rants and raves about the year of forever is before slowly devolving into chaos, ending up talking about phosgene gas. Without further ado, please enjoy the episode. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Goofy History Podcast. Today, I'm here with only a one of my hosts again, the same one as last time. Say hello. Guten Tag. He's he's truly a multiculturalist. He's 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 a modern day Renaissance man. But um, you're going to see new people in the future on the podcast. We're hoping to have a new host because one of the hosts didn't work out, and we're gonna have special guests. And then, at the end of the season, we're putting this into seasons, we'll figure out how that goes, but like, eh, it's something. But we're gonna get seasons going, and then at the end, there'll be a big episode with everyone who's ever been on the podcast, except that host, but we're not gonna get into that, because that is confidential. So, I am hosting today's episode, so I had to <laughs> cram these notes, there are quite a lot. But today I'm going to be talking about the Year of the Four Emperors. Uh, co-host, are you familiar with that at all? No. Uh, do you, just, what do you have, like, an idea of it? Um, I think we covered it in a history lesson in school, but I don't remember anything. Alright, that's fair. Well, I'm here to educate you. So, okay. let's start with this. You know who Nero is, right? Oh, Emperor Nero, yeah, I do. Yes, yes. So, Emperor Nero, a bit of a stinker. Um, do you know, he did yeah. a lot of actual pretty nasty things. He was yeah. a, he was a strange guy. But, I learned that there is... Quite a lot more that I didn't know that he actually did. Rather interesting. So, um, his rule began in four. In, well, let's start from the beginning. So it's 68 A.D. and Nero is being a little stinker as usual. His rule began in 54 A.D. and he got a little bit silly. You could say even a little bit goofy. <laughs> He's a big fan of incest. What? He slept with his own mom, who he then later killed. He also killed what? two of his wives. He tortured and executed suspected plotters that he thought they were plotting against him, which, really, think about it, wasn't unusual for that time. I'm assuming there was, like, cruel and unusual punishment that he got the bad name for. Yeah. Which, honestly, if I heard that, would not be surprised either. Um, he ordered his generals to commit suicide. I'm not sure why that was. I didn't care to go very deep into that. But I believe it was sort of a power struggle thing, and I'm sure there were other components. Maybe uh, later editing, we will jump in and say what it's, what's going on. Mm-hmm. Wow, it's crazy. It's editing me. I'm here. And I'm here to bring knowledge, too. So basically what happened was this general, he had some plots against him that failed to overthrow Nero. And Nero got suspicious of this guy. So Nero sent messengers out, and the messengers told this guy, Hey, uh, you need to commit suicide, Emperor's orders. And he went, Okay, and did it. Very open to the idea, a bit strange, actually. But yeah, that's what happened. Um, so, do you know about the Great Fire of Rome? Uh, not really. So basically, um, part of, I believe it was in the Circus Maximum? I can fact check that real quick. Yep, okay. So, 
the Great Fire of Rome started in the, like, the shops around the Circus Maximus, which was, like, it was, like, a, it was, like, a stadium, basically, but different than the Coliseum. I believe it was for chariot yeah. racing. But, yeah, um, Nero was, the quote goes that he, he, he fiddled while Rome burned, because he was a big music guy, so the rumor that he actually played the fiddle while Rome was, Rome was burning has no merit, but we also can't really prove it wrong, so it's just unknown for the time being. But by the time the fire is over, 10 of 14 of Rome's districts had burned quite a bit. It left hundreds of thousands of people homeless, but the reason people thought this was Nero was because he had plans to build a new palace, so they thought that he burned Rome on purpose to make his own palace, which, mm. not, not, not great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Despite all of this, most of the plebeians, who were the lower class people, you've got your plebeians and your patricians. Patricians yeah. were the higher class, plebeians were lower middle class. It is what it is. Um, most plebeians didn't actually hate Nero. He was They thought he was fine. But eventually the Senate, as all anything that's silly in Rome normally stems from the Senate, they're like, uh, this guy sucks, he is now an enemy of the state. And he committed suicide in a villa, because he knew... That oh. well, the guy, some a guy we're talking about in a bit, Galba, his army was on the way to Rome because he was like he was a leader of one of the provinces. I can't remember exactly which, but basically he was like, oh uh, yeah, the end is nigh, and he slit his own throat, I believe, or he stabbed his own throat. He did something with his throat. But Senate goes, oh well, he's dead, uh, and they pronounced Gal- proclaimed, not pronounced. Uh, Galba was proclaimed emperor on June the eighth. 68 AD. Um, he was overall apathetic and physically weak. He was in his 70s when he became emperor. Mm-hmm. Which, quite old. That's quite old now. Especially in Roman times. He's a certified geezer. He cut public spending and was not well liked by the army at all. And when the Praetorian Guard doesn't like you, something bad is bound to happen to you. Because that's just how it goes. His advisors were terrible, and they shielded him from the reality of all of it, letting the next guy, Otho, I believe it's pronounced Otho, one sec, I Google how to pronounce this. Otho. Otho, cool. Uh, so, Otho's conspiracy kept going, because his advisors were like, everything's fine, Mr. Galba, everything's, everything's all cool, it's all nice, we're, we're, going, we're going great. But, basically, Galba got killed... Uh, by the Praetorian Guards on January 15th, 69 AD. And then in my notes, I put in parentheses, nice. W. Mm-hmm. W. 69 AD. That's crazy. But, um, oh my god, I have to... Oh, Oth- Otho, I think that's how it's pronounced, took power after Galba. He hoped to restore um, stability to the Empire, which, uh, if you know a little bit about Rome, you know that they had a lot of civil wars. While researching yeah. this, I learned that there was a year of the five emperors... Which, uh, maybe in season two we'll do an episode on that. Here are the six emperors released. That's crazy. New patch notes. Um, you'd think, well, if he was, if we wanted to restore stability to the empire, he'd be around for a while, right? Do you have any bets on how long he was around? Uh, um, 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 two years. Three months. Um, so after he ascended to the, well, can you call it the throne? Let's just call it the throne. Um, the armies in Upper Lower Germany. Going to grab a drink. All right. Just keep going. Great. Right, sorry for that. 
Well, I didn't keep going, so you didn't miss anything. Alright. Oh. Where was I? Uh, yes, here. So the armies in Upper and Lower Germany pledged their allegiance to his rival, Vitilius. I am probably butchering these names. Latin is not my forte. Um, basically, he was like, well, this isn't good. I need to go to war with my own army. So we did. He, um, he was like, you know what, this is probably a good idea. So he started to battle the aforementioned armies, and then he's like, ah, oh, ah, oh, crap, I am, I'm not doing great. He's like, well, you know what that means, I gotta go commit suicide. So he did. And what this surprised me, he was praised after his death. Because even though he didn't really do much to help Rome, he didn't hinder it because he killed Galba, who was going to absolutely ruin Rome if he got it, if he kept his greedy little mitts on it. So after Ulfo died, Vitellius took power, and Vitellius I did not find a whole lot on this guy. Um, he was emperor for eight months, so longest out of this period until we get to the last guy, which he's my favorite. He's very cool. Well, not my favorite emperor. My favorite emperor is Orlean because he has a special place in my heart. But the masculine urge to have a favorite Roman emperor, Orlean, my beloved. He's he's quite a sick little dude. He's quite a sick gent. He's a, he's a real chap. He's a chad, too. But basically, Vitellius, he was like, mm, let's go. I'm going to get a bit devious. So he was like, um, what we gotta do is, he was like, I think that we need to do a lot of things a little bit differently around here. Namely, he ended the practice of um, giving centurions furloughs. You know what a furlough is, right? No. It's like an exemption from duty. Like, if you get a furlough from something, they'll be like, you don't have to do this for a while. So he stopped doing that for centurions who led divisions of 100 men, because century, you know. Um, and the great Roman historian Tacticus, Tacitus, 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 Cactus? Let's call him Cactus. So, he was like, um, this has been adopted by all good emperors, and then he just stopped it. What's his deal? Exactly, what's his deal? Um, he also, like, got the offices of the imperial administration beyond freedmen, so people like the equates were below, who were, um, below the senators, they could get into, which was a big no-no back then. Mm -mm. Not doing that. Um, he banned astrologers from Rome and Italy on October 1st, 69. So, he also then executed every other one he came across. What was his- I want to know what his beef with astrologers was. I think astrology is a sham. But, what was his beef? What's his deal? Um, he continued all his policies in, like, like regarding Nero, because he honored the dead emperor, which, very strange, but, because you kind of are here because he died, so, I don't know if that deal with that is. But he's here, and he's doing he's doing fine, I guess. But he was like, let's get some Nero songs performed to the people. Tried to imitate Nero, and even even at this point, Nero was still very popular among the lower classes of the empire. Um, he has a reputation of being an obese glutton, which fatty, fat, fatty. <laughs> Supposedly, he would take emetics, which make you puke, to eat more food. Sounds like a guy, now. Yep. Yep. Okay, basically, yep. in July of 69, <laughs> he learned that there's something, there's something strange going on. There, people in the east, the far east, in Turkey and Egypt, they, he's like, hang on, 
who's this feller? Titus Flavius Vespanius. And he was like, oh, no, that's bad. And then it kept spreading into Dalmatia, which is like where kind of like Croatia and Montenegro are. Mm-hmm. And then there's like, I don't know how to pronounce that, bro. That's Dalmatia, basically. Um, but they they also declared for this Vespian guy, and he was like, oh, now." <laughs> so he sent several legions under that guy's name. I don't know why. I should have Googled how to pronounce this. <laughs> to make sure that the Eastern armies did not get into Italy, because it would have been bad. But this guy, he was like, dude, you suck. Your, admin, your administration is booty cheeks. Terrible. Awful. Um, he had tried to defect to Vespian, and it did not go well. It did not go well. The, uh, of course, naturally, this hurt the morale of the Vitellian, of the Vitellian armies, and they were defeated at the Second Battle of Vidriacum. Um, this, this Vespian dude, he was like, uh, well, let's get going. And Vitellus decided, you know what, I, I should probably abdicate. What, do you, what would you do if this happened to you? I would probably poop and cry. I would also probably poop and cry. But what else do you, what else do you do? Um, I wouldn't know. Um, maybe you should. Maybe mm. you should. I'm not. I'm not that smart. You weak little creature. I know exactly what no, I would no. do. First, I would publish a statement saying, "Um, Your Honor, my client was simply doing a bit of trolling, just a just a bit of tomfoolery, even." Just, I feel like that would just I feel like that would make everything blow over. It'd be fine. But then, like, um, let's uh, parade this guy through the streets, as you do. Yes. Um, he's like, mm-hmm, let's go. So, there's paintings of him being dragged through the streets of Rome, of Vitellius. A bit silly. Um, Cassius Dio, another very cool guy, his, his account was that Vitellius was beheaded, and then his head was paraded around Rome, and his wife watched. Oh my god. His brother and son also were killed. Good god. They really hated this dude. Yeah, they really did. But I think the funniest part of this is, um, when Vespian's true went, howdy hey, into Rome, they got they got through, they got they got there. And most of Italian supporters, who are pretty much all civilians, mostly civilians, they organized an armed resistance. Um, they like got they entrenched in all the city's buildings. They threw stones, they threw javelins, they even threw like mosaic tiles onto Vespian's soldiers, who got very took a lot of casualties, honestly. Uh, Castillo claims that 50,000 people died. Jesus. Bunch of Roman peasants are throwing rocks at you of 50,000 die? What's going on? But yeah, tons of the city were destroyed. The temple of Jupiter was destroyed. A lot of the city was destroyed. Um, yeah, Vitalis was hiding, and, um, according to Tatticus, it was a doorkeeper's lodge. He, um, the, he got to... Something called the Germanian stairs, which I learned were they were executed. People were executed a lot there, uh, and then he was struck down by Vespian supporters, just absolutely owned. And then his body got thrown into the Tiber. Just you know, why not? He and then Vespian is hey there, hey there, BBGs. It's time to time to get a bit silly. And Vespian was pronounced emperor on December twenty first. 69 A.D. Nice! And thus... W number. W number, I agree. Also, I believe that's the winter solstice. Very cool. Um, and thus, the year of the four emperors was over. 
because that's being ruled for another 10 years afterwards. I'm guessing you have a lot of questions. Yes. Fire away, cowboy. Um, what did the emperors look like? Okay, so there's descriptions of all of these guys. The ones that I found, well, Galba, I described, they, they described him as, like, very frail. He's also a geezer. So he's just, he's just kind of there. Supposedly he was very short and had a hunchback, which is pretty funny. I hate to say it, but it's pretty funny. And then also, um, he, he's, he was something. Uh, let's see here. Supposedly, um, as his, um, this guy named Suetonius, um, I don't know how to pronounce that. He's a Roman historian. Um, this is what he said. Quote, he is said to have been of moderate height, splay-footed and bandy-legged, but almost feminine in his care of his person. He had the hair of his body plucked out, and because of the thinness of his locks, wore a wig so carefully fashioned and fitted to his head that no one suspected it. Moreover, they say that he used to shave every day and smear his face with moist bread, beginning the practice, beginning the practice with the appearance of the first down as to never have a beard. Very interesting. Mm-hmm. They also believed, um, whatever Jovenal means, he's a Roman Jovenal. poet in the satire too, um, he specifically mentions him as being vain and effeminate, and quote, this is probably just like, I feel dirty saying this, this is probably just like a thing of the times, but like, this guy, he was a satirist, so everything, most things he said wasn't true, but I think it's funny. He said that he looked at himself in the mirror before going to battle. Just what? boy, that's that's awful vain. As someone who um is not very vain at all, even though that actually that's debatable. Let's continue. <laughs> Vitellius, here he is, the big guy. Literally the big guy. He was apparently very large. Ready. Let's let's see what he's got going on for him. Uh. Da -da 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 -da. Oh, here. The same guy who dissed Galba, no, the same guy who dissed Uplo, said this about Vitellius. He was in fact abnormally tall, with a face usually flushed from hard drinking, a huge belly, and one thigh crippled from being struck once by a four-horse chariot, when he was in attendance on Gaius as he was driving. Dang, but rushed in for being hit by a chariot. Ruthless guy. Uh, there's some busts of him, and he's got, like, 400 chins and all of them. It's pretty wild. Uh, there's, yeah, um, in literature, a lot of people say that he was a glutton, which seems fairly obvious, I mean, like, that's, that's what everyone's saying, so I'm, that, that inclines me to believe it, but yeah, any other questions? Oh, and Vespian, I completely forgot about Vespian, the big man. So Vespian, uh, one moment, I've gotta go find this. Alright, here. Here we go. This is his legacy. So, directly quoting um, Wikipedia here. Vespian was known for his wit and his amiable manner, alongside his commanding personality and military prowess. So, good guy. Most people liked him. He hated philosophers, though. He was like, I don't know. I think this is a bit... Sussy. Yes. But yeah, um... His, basically... Oh, also, in modern romance languages, urinals are named after him. What the heck? And people think it's a reference to, he put a tax on collecting urine? What the heck? Yeah, in Italian, in Italian urinals, Vespianos, Ves, 
Vespasiano in Italian. That's literally his name with an O at the end. So, that's pretty cool, I guess. I wish, I want something like that named after me after I die. I want the foul musk of a, of a muskrat on a Tuesday afternoon named after me. That sounds great. What other questions do you have, my good sir? Um, nothing. Alright. Well, what did we learn today? I think we um, learned that, what, what, what do you think we learned? That, um, that one guy? Who? There's four guys. You know name? Five. Vespian? Yeah. Vespasian. I feel like I am. Vespasian? Bit... That's how it's spelled. I keep calling him Vespian, though. His name sounds like a pasta flavor. What? <laughs> sounds like a type of pasta. Is that just because he's Italian? Yeah. Actually, I don't think he was even born in Italy. Where was he? Where was young boy born? No, he was born in Italy. Dublin. Did Romans? Did Romans have like a? Did they like go? Hey, I'm walking here. That's a good question. What's a? I'm walking here in Latin. <laughs> One sec. Eus icambulo. That's crazy. You think people yelled that? You you've got your you've got your ceramics and uh, some some tomfools, some teenage tomfools bump into you. You say that. What a what a, what a time to live in. Yes. Don't you agree? Yes. If this is kind of a tangent that we're gonna end up going on, but if you wanted to go back to any point in time, where would you go to? Um. Um. World War One. Why 1915, exactly? Um, um, preferably, preferably Germany. Bro, <laughs> you want to get dogged on in World War One? Yeah, I just want to see how it looked, how, like, it, it was, like, being... You want to all quiet on the western die. front and watch a guy turn to pink mist? Yeah, I want to, I want to live through all quiet on the western front flamethrower scene. Oh, God. Okay, where would, what would I want to do? I think... That I would probably end up going to some time, like... I feel like you gotta go big or go home. I've got a go big or go home mindset, really. You've gotta go, like... I don't wanna go so far back that it's all, like, stinky and nasty. That would be, like, oh, that's basically most of history. But I feel like... Hmm... I feel like the 1800s would be fun. Like, 18... Oh, yeah. 1856. Another good one would be, like, the peak of the Wild West. Oh! 1878 New Mexico. Yeah. Yeah, that would be great. You, the Wild West, man. I would, I would love to be a cowboy. I'd love to get tuberculosis, man. Arthur Morgan. Oh, Red Dead, Red Dead, my beloved. It's pretty great. Pretty yeah. great. Yeah. Um, but then like, okay. Apparently, let's let's read some of the Legend of America website. Let's, we're going on a tangent, but that's all right. That's all good. It's a bit goofy. Oh, uh, let's come on! What? What? So? What did I say? Eighteen seventy-eight. Eighteen seventy something. Eighteen seventy something. Let's go. Eighteen seventy-eight. Anything silly happen in eighteen seventy-eight? Let's keep going. In eighteen seventy-eight, nothing happened. Oh, ooh, here. Billy the Kid makes a name for himself. Let's go. What W? And then next year, Wyatt Earp becomes deputy U.S. marshal for the Arizona Territory. Oh boy! Now that is something. That would be great. Tombstone, Arizona. The OK Corral in 1881. I could go on a tangent all day about the Wild West. There's two things I could go on a tangent on about all day. The Wild West and World War One. Those are my beloveds. Yeah. World War One, dumb war. Didn't was not necessary. 
But I find it really interesting the way that they had... It was like an arms race, right? The only reason the Allies won is because they were innovators. They were Everyone was innovating to win the war. Like, if it weren't for the invention of the Lewis gun, boy, would it have been rough. Because Lewis guns are... I'm assuming you know what a Lewis gun is, right? The, the light machine guns, because they... Uh, yeah, I know, I know what a Lewis gun is. Yeah, Lewis guns, pretty nice. They were designed in 1911. So if it weren't for Lewis guns, who knows? It would have been, been crazy. Yeah, they have pretty bad damage in Battlefield 1, to be honest. Yeah. Apparently they were nicknamed the Belgian Rattlesnake by the Germans. Now that is a cool new That's name. badass. Yeah, machine guns were um, quite new in World War One, So it was kind of like a revelation if you had them, right? Yeah. Like, it would be like... It would be like if someone nowadays, like, well, there's not really a comparison nowadays, because we're used to all of it now. But World War One, also easily most unpleasant war to be in. World War Two, yeah, it sucked, but I do not want to get gassed. Not like that. Not like that. I meant like gas in the battlefield. Like, I don't want phosgene gas in my lungs. Like, phosgene gas, massively unpleasant. For those of you who don't know, it's, it's bad. Basically, what phosgene gas does, which is, if you're squeamish, you might want to click away. But phosgene gas, it smells like, like, it smells like musty hay. It's like stinky hay. What it does is it gets to your lungs, and it just wreaks havoc. If you want to hail phosgene gas, you need to go to the hospital instantly. It gets in your eyes. It gets in your, it gets in your lungs super easy. It stinks. It's like, I don't even know how to describe it. I've never personally inhaled phosgene gas, considering I'm alive right now. But if you're familiar yeah. with, with people who are chemists, if you're familiar with fire diamonds, it's got a four in the blue square, which is not great. Mm, pretty bad. But, one sec, I gotta Google this. So basically what phosgene does is you inhale it and you're like, oh, that stinks, that's awful. And then you're like, oh, well, it's gone now, so I'm fine. And then they'll, you'll choke on your, um, it causes fluid buildup in the lungs. Because it just wreaks havoc on the just wreaks havoc on the inside of your lungs, so you end up choking uh, in your own lung fluid like a day later. It is rather awful. And then like if you don't die within like the first seventy two hours, you'll get like pulmonary infections. You'll have embolisms. You'll die basically. Like it doesn't matter. You'll die eventually. It's rather awful. And suppose it's it's responsible for eighty five thousand deaths, which is a majority of the chemical weapon deaths in World War One. So pretty awful. But on a that very cheerful note, I think it's about time we end it. So, what did we learn today? Right. I think I learned um, that don't get silly in ancient Rome. Easy as that. Yeah, I think I learned to uh, not be uh, named after a spaghetti. <laughs> don't get named after spaghetti, kids. It'll ruin your life. Yep. But, uh, thanks for watching, and be, stay tuned, because we got some new stuff coming. Isn't that, isn't that right? We got some new stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Woo. But thanks for yeah, listening. Baby. And if all of us are feeling up to it, we're going to have weekly episodes and new host and new special guest. Woo. We're going to be cooking it with gas. It's going to be great. Yeah, we also have a cameo from Brad Pitt. Yeah. Yeah. And Ryan Gosling, too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, We're also interviewing um the... Uh, the opening. Uh, I don't know. Well, hang on one moment. We're also interviewing um the director of Oppenheimer. No, we're not. Yep. I wish we were. It would be great. But with that, uh, um, we're, we're recording a vlog. Yeah, we're seventy millimeter IMAX video. W. 
Um, but thanks for listening, and stay goofy, because life is depressing. Gabagool. Gabagool. That's what I'm saying. But stay goofy, life is depressing, and have a good one. We'll see you sometime soon, hopefully.